Welcome back, everybody, to Park It Right Here. I am your host, Lainey Park. If you have not checked out episode one or episode two, you are missing out, so go check them out. I have another amazing teacher to interview this week who is creating memorable moments in their classroom and in their school. I first met this teacher at a training last year, and since then we've run into each other at different things. But whenever I come across anybody from his school, they always tell me some amazing things that he's doing. Another thing that his school did over the break, which was amazing, was they created a wish list for every kid in their school and they had Santa come to their school and deliver a present to every single kid in the school based on something that that kid wanted. So I'm really excited to get to talk to him about that initiative that he had a big part of and I'm excited to hear all the other things that he's doing in the classroom to create memorable moments. So I am super excited to introduce everybody to my next guest, Matt Yeary. Okay, so I'm going to get you first to introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us who you are and what you do. Okay, well, of course, my name is Matt Erie, and um, I'm married to the love of my life. I am the father of two kids, one five and one three. Uh, I'm also the youth pastor and choir director of my church, but as far as teaching goes, I'm currently a third grade teacher, and this is my eighth year as a teacher, seventh year in third grade. And uh, the newest uh, layer to my position this year is uh, my school's trying something different with our uh, instructional coach type position. And so I'm serving our school as our third through fifth grade math content specialist. That is awesome. And I do have a few things I want to talk to you about specifically about um, some moments that I know you have created at your school. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you because I always like to ask my guests what your most memorable academic moment as a student was that you can remember for when you were in school. Okay, this is really easy for me because uh, I share it almost every year with my students. There was a, a, a time when I was in fourth grade, and I was a struggling reader. I could read books, but I had a really hard time with comprehension and remembering what I was reading, you know, the whole nine yard mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, and my fourth grade teacher was amazing, absolutely amazing. And I, I'll never forget, he came in one day and he said, we're going to read chapter books. And of course, my heart dropped because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to remember all the stuff in this chapter book. And he kind of gave us a challenge, and he said, if you will read this book, and by the way, the book was Where the Red Fern oh, Grows. that's a good one. Yes. He said, if you will read this book and take the test and make a 100 on my test, so already I like I counted myself out at this point, uh, he said, I'm going to drive to Tennessee, and I will get you a coonskin <gasps> hat. And long story short that coonskin hat when I share my story with my students because I fell in love with reading in fourth grade because of that teacher who pushed us to the limits because by the way that book is not a fourth grade book (laughs) it is hard it is such a hard book 
but I found a love for reading. And that same year I found my favorite author, which is Gary Paulson. Oh, so wow. that's such a great story. I love that. Well, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's one of the things that, um, that I've talked about with the people that I work with those moments, I guess, of insight where you push your kids to stretch themselves so that they gain insight. So that that's definitely a moment of insight that he gave you there. Um, So before I get you to kind of share some of the things that you do with your students to create memorable academic moments, I wanted to ask you um, about one in particular that I saw that your school did. And I kind of just want you to share because I thought it was amazing and something that other schools could replicate. And now I know this is not necessarily an academic moment, but I know that um, before Christmas break, your school had you're going to have to just really tell me because I don't know a ton about it, but you were able to give every student in your school a personalized gift for the holiday. So I want you to kind of tell me what y'all did and how you made it happen. Because when I saw it, I was like, man, that is so memorable. I know that's going to be a moment that those kids will never forget. So tell me all about that. Okay. So I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible, but you're talking about one of my passions. So I'll try to be brief, but I'll be honest. It was such a magical time. Um, we feel that we should always celebrate our students and we really want to make our students feel seen. We want to make sure that our students feel, you know, just recognize that they are important. Our school motto is every person Mm -hmm. matters. Every minute counts, you know, so we wanted to like live that and breathe it. So uh, the whole Christmas presents to every child was an added layer to something that is now like our third year in. And um, it started with a dream of mine. Um, I started uh, just having these thoughts of, you know, Christmas is hard for our kids at our school. You know, I serve a school with high poverty levels, high you know, English language learners, And so what we noticed is that students were always upset about leaving us over the Christmas break, whether it be for food reasons, you know, I'm not going to have food when I'm not at school, or uh, they were upset about just not being with us, because I truly feel like sometimes uh, where there's safety net, emotional safety, uh, or sometimes, you know, we're the place where they're happy. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to worry about anything. So long story short, there was a team of people, uh, including myself, that just started dreaming this dream of what could Christmas be. And out of that, what could Christmas be? Uh, we started talking about our uh, food drive. You know, it's the typical for our school to do like the Salvation Army food drive. And we've participated in that before. Um, but we were like, well, that food doesn't go to the people we're serving in our building, you know? And so we, uh, long story short, we, uh, were able to connect with another nonprofit that serves at another school in our County. And they helped us, you know, get the food list and things like that. And they're amazing people. Um, and their group is called more than sparrows. You should look them up on Twitter and Facebook. They're amazing. Uh, they do a lot of things for our students. And they gave us the food list. And this year uh, we reached 150 boxes of food and the food feeds a family of five, three days, three meals a day with snacks. So we uh, were able to get donations for 150 boxes. The students bring in part of the food drive donations for other parts. So that's the first layer is the food. And then our teachers actually go out and deliver it to their students uh, on the teacher work day. Uh, the next part of that is the, uh, 
we called it Operation Christmas Blessing, I think is what someone called it. And our counselor was an amazing asset to that this year because she is a very connected person. She was the inspiration. Our principal said he'd love to give every child a gift. And we were going to be pretty much like generic about, you know, these kids would get this type of gift and these kids would get this mm-hmm. type of gift. But then all of a sudden it turned into like this specialized list of this kid wants Legos and they really wouldn't enjoy that game because our school's done a lot of like getting to know our mm-hmm. students. And so, you know, we had this specific list. Well, long story short, our uh, counselor's uncle is a licensed Santa. And so we had him come through donations everywhere from California to right here in the state of Georgia, family members, local businesses, uh, thousands of dollars was donated to us. And we were able to not only specialize the gift, but it was wrapped to say to the kid from Santa and Santa um, was able to go into each classroom and pull those gifts out of his red velvet bag and say, you know, this one's for Julian, this one's for Giovanni. Uh, And the kids, you know, they just lit up like, oh my goodness, he knows my name. And they started opening these presents. And uh, one moment that was just special on that day was there was a little boy in first grade because I was kind of in the background. I hope no kids are listening to this. I was helping Santa pack his bag. Um, (laughs) So I was kind of like going in and I really wanted to see the kindergarten first graders when they had that experience. One little boy said, oh my goodness, it sucks. And started like pushing the socks up in the air because he had gotten socks along with his gift. But like the celebration of like, I now have new socks. Like it was just, yes. And the last part's the block party. Our Christmas block party is huge where we try to involve some cultural celebrations. And this year we wanted our kids who are new to the country to, and anybody who's never touched snow before. We had real snow this year at our block party so that kids could experience that. And just really, we wanted them to feel the joy of the season and that whole feeling of giving back. When you're giving to someone else, you really do feel the joy yourself. So I hope that answers no, your question in a very I, short I enough just, matter. But These memorable moments, I connect them to things that I've read in this book that we're reading. And it talked about how memorable moments are created when we feel pride. And, you know, a simple way of doing that is just through recognition. And I think through what you guys did, you were able just to recognize your kids and, and let them know that they matter and that they're important. And like you said, that they feel seen. So... Kudos to you guys. I think that was an amazing thing. And I hope a lot of other people hear that story and can bring that back into their own schools. Um, But so moving on, I want you just to share something or anything just aside from that, that you've done um, to create memorable academic moments in your own classroom. Okay. um, I'm going to share two, if that's okay. Um. I am trying to become more of a professional reader. So I'm going to kind of talk about a couple of books I've read and how that's kind of inspired me. Is that yeah, okay? Perfect. Okay. So the first one I wanted to talk about is a book that has been all over Twitter and a, it's a podcast that I started listening to on YouTube and then later just listening to the podcast and it's the kids deserve it um, podcast by Todd Nisloni and Adam welcome. And uh, there's a quote from his book. I got to share first. Uh, that I think is just really impactful. And it says, make your message profound, make your message positive, make your message student-centered, make your message about growth, learning, and awesomeness. Send a positive message. Your kids deserve it. And um, 
I think one of the biggest academic moments that uh, we've really poured into here at our school is morning meetings and that moment of building those very, very big relationships with our kids, mm-hmm. uh, not just for, hey, what's your favorite color or what's your favorite sport or, hey, what books do you like? It's, how are you doing today? Uh, or, um, hey, challenges in it and we're going to go through it together. So that whole emotional support that relationship piece there and so because of those relationship aspects we've been able to really see students want to have an investment not in just the classroom but the culture of the classroom and then it pours into hey I want to learn because I'm excited to be here with you so I feel like you know the relationship building then pours into the academics and the second one that I wanted to talk about is the wild card by Hope and Wade King and I, I, love them too. <laughs> I, I know. Yes, yes. If you've been to Ron Clark yeah. Academy, you've probably heard of Hope and Wake King. They're not working there anymore, but they're amazing people. Um, and you know, their whole book talks about room transformations. Um, and uh, a fun fact is that I'm actually, when we get off of here, I'm going back into my room because we are decorating for a room transformation that's happening tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yes, our room is being turned into. Um, I can't say the name of our hospital because it includes our school name, but um, uh, it's going to be a medical center. And so we're setting up six operating rooms and all day tomorrow, we're going to float through medically uh, themed writing activities, reading activities, math activities, just to kind of spiral review and also formatively assess where our kids are. But it's like, there's going to be a heart monitor on me and uh, myself and my co-teacher, we're going to have our whole uh, surgical gowns and the clear glasses and the surgical caps, the whole nine That's yards. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. So what are some room transformations you've already done before? Is this one of your first ones this year or have you done some other? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, it is not our first. And if this was our first, I would probably cry in the corner because they are they take time. By the way, I'll be very transparent and say they take time to plan. Right. Uh, because if you're planning all these pieces, you've got to number one, make sure that it's, um, fundable by you as the teacher, you know? Uh, so I, we've done all kinds of stuff. I have, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think we've done this year. I know we did uh, Woody's roundup, which is actually a state framework, but we kind of did toy story to play off the words there. And we've done, I'm trying to think of the name. Of course, I'm talking to you on this podcast, so my mind's going to go blank. <laughs> uh, our, at the beginning of the year, there's a wonderful math framework called Shake, Rowl, and Roll for third right. grade. And so we transformed the entire, like not just my room, but the entire third grade. We went to the 1950s. Every room turned into a sock hop diner. And we did rock and roll music. And we all, I mean, the ladies had on their poodle skirts. I had on my uh, leather jacket, you know, with the rolled up blue jeans. And we did 50 style learning all day long. And I know you mentioned Um, just transparently that those can be kind of time consuming to plan. But can you kind of tell me what has made you keep doing it? What has made you not just give up after the first one? What has made you put in that effort to be able to do that in your classroom? Okay, so something that uh, when I first started, it was one of those, like, let's dabble with this idea. Mm -hmm. So we did, uh, one time we did, uh, it'll come back to me later. It was a game show from the 90s that my co-teacher and I at the time were really excited about. And the name is Slipping Mama. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. 
family double dare. Uh, we put we put on our '90s playlist because that, that was our our music when we were kids, and so we did. It was more like uh, reviewing for Milestone mm-hmm. at the time, and so uh, we did that to review for the the end of year test, and it was just so much fun. There was this fun atmosphere, and we were playing with the kids, and then it turned into this okay. For me, like, for example, tomorrow in our surgery room transformation, distributive property is really hard for third graders because they're not just working with a simple, you know, this number times this number equals the product. They've got to, like, break that equation apart. They've got parentheses and plus signs and multiplication symbols. And so we're actually doing that in the room transformation. So we let the light of fun atmosphere do the heavy lifting for Mm -hmm. us and so they've had like their they've been doing prodigy to get that pre-teaching in they've been they've had some mini lessons so tomorrow's like the actual like let's practice this in a fun way so we've been doing it over and over again to really do the heavy lifting for these hard standards um and one that's coming up that we're going to do later is uh the italian pizzeria Mm -hmm. We're going to turn the, you know, you'll smell oregano coming down the <laughs> hall um, to do that equivalent fractions or plotting fractions on a number line of l- literally splitting like pizzas made out of shaving cream, things like oh. that. So I keep doing them because if there's something hard that the kids are doing, if they don't feel the hardness of the academic content because they're just playing and enjoying themselves, there's not that whole like I'm quitting because this is too right. hard. It's, I, I got to keep playing because everybody's yeah. playing. I want to go back to elementary so. school and be in your class. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. I wish I could be a student of yours. Um, well, is there anything um, else that you would like to share in particular that I didn't get to or ask you about? I think I would like to mention there's a really fun um, app that I've been using on my phone. Is that oh, okay? Yeah. Tell me about it. Okay, so every day as part of our math warm-up, we, we do uh, like a problem of the day. Uh, that's something that, you know, our county's been pushed towards is that uh, doing a, a daily practice of math word problems to build in that literacy and math time. Uh, well, I've already mentioned that our school works with a lot of English language learners who are practicing that English language acquisition. Um, so our school's been working a lot with knowing our students if they're you know, poor, I should not say poor, lower in their speaking abilities, then we need to push that child to really do their speaking mm-hmm. ability. And Tony Vincent just recently tweeted uh, this app that he uses, and it's called Twazi. Mm-hmm. Can you spell that? No, Have you heard about heard that about one? It. Can you spell it? Okay, I'm going to look at my phone, just make sure I'm spelling it correctly. It's C-H-W-A-Z-I. Mm-hmm. So C-H-W-A-Z-I. And I, if that's not how the makers uh, sounds that word out, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the math teacher and I'm going with Chwazi. Um, so Chwazi, what it does is when I get to a table where the students and we let them right now, we're letting them collaboratively answer the problem, build an equation, draw a model and then answer using um, the, the race method so they can you know, form a <laughs> sentence. So the app is all the students will put a finger on my phone screen. And I probably just turned off all the kindergarten <laughs> teachers when I said that, but it's okay. Um, and sanitizer all... or some Clorox wipes nearby. Yes. Lysol missed it after you're done. <laughs> so um, the students put one finger on the screen and they hold it. 
and it self-selects one of their uh, fingerprints. So it chooses one of the four fingerprints to be the person, like it chooses a person. And so we use that to let the, that person has to be the writer, but their role in the group is silent. They're only the writer. And they can only write what the group tells them to write. So every day, uh, for example, there's one table in particular, the student loves math. He could make the answer in a split second and three times he, this week, he's been chosen so as the writer. <laughs> he has to stay silent. He cannot offer even a nod of yes or no. He can only write what his table tells him uh, because the reward of it is, is if you, your table can successfully draw the model and the equation and the response, they don't have to go through uh, a series of what, what we have on our math choice board, they get to automatically just go to prodigy during independent mm-hmm. work time. So there's this like, let's go. We need the prodigy yeah. time, yeah. Okay. you know? Um, and so that's how we've been using it is just, and uh, we've even mixed it up. One day we said, uh, the person who's chosen is the only speaker. Okay. That's so and cool. everyone else has to give. To check that out. Why? Yes. So go check that out, everybody. Well, I do want to know what your social media information is so all your brand new teacher fans can come follow you and see what you're doing. Okay. Well, uh, as far as like professional, I use Twitter. Uh, It's at Matt Yeary. And my last name is Y-E-A-R-Y. I don't have anything original or fun in my username, but that's me. Well, people will know how to easily find me, so that's good. Okay, and before I let you go, I'm going to do my fun little rapid-fire questions with you. So I've got some some random questions for you to just answer and whatever comes to your mind. Um, I actually didn't have time to change it around from what I asked my first guest. So you're going to get to say the same things as her. <laughs> or okay. That's okay. That's okay. 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 Um, <laughs> in which Hogwarts house would you be sorted into? Uh, Ravenclaw. I already know that okay. answer. Okay. Yes. That was quick. Um, if you could grow up in any decade, which one would you choose? You know, I heard this on the first episode and I didn't even prepare my <laughs> own answer. Um, I don't know. Do you just like the ones you grew up in? Let's say that. I mean, the 90s oh, were yeah. fun. They were. We had Double Dare. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had Family Double Dare. <laughs> okay, what's your spirit animal? Spirit animal. Well, I will say uh, our school has houses, and so our house spirit animal is the dolphin. Because well, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in the yellow house of creativity, and we're yeah, the dolphins. So because we feel they're smart. Yes. Okay. Um, what song do you know all the lyrics to or one song? Well, having a five-year-old little girl right now, it's uh, frozen to oh, anything. Yeah. Yes. And she loves into the unknown oh. and show yourself. Yeah, so we, we sing it out in the car. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, <laughs> this is a weird question. Um, if, I don't think I asked okay. this in the first one. If animals could talk, which animal would be the rudest? Whoa. <laughs> the rudest? Yeah. The rudest. Uh, that's a, a very random I feel question. I like the easiest would say like a cat because people say cats are like snobby. I don't know. 
I'm allergic to cats, and I think they're all mean, but don't tell my co-teacher that. <laughs> we might have to say cats then. All right, last question, um, and this is a tough one. Um, would you rather have lobster claws for hands or a snake tongue? Let's go with snake okay. tongue. <laughs> well, thank because... you for playing along. Thank you. That was fun. Yes, I appreciate it, and... Um, sorry it took so long for us to get all set up to begin with, but thank you so much for giving me time. No, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on here and talk with you. I'm glad we got to work too. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Have a great afternoon. Have fun with that. Same to you. I can't wait to hear about it. I hope you post pictures on Twitter. So now all your new followers can come see your, your transformation. It's time to ascend the ladder. Put up some table claws. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much for listening to episode three. I do know that in the future, I want to improve the audio on my interviews. So if you'll just stick it out with me, I'm obviously an amateur podcaster, but hopefully I'll improve that audio on upcoming episodes. If you're not following us on social media, on Instagram, it's at Park It Right Here Podcast. And on Twitter, it's Park It Podcast. This is Lainey Park signing out. Eh, That was terrible. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. It is your job as my listeners to come up with my sign off. Because at Lainey Park signing off, that's not good. (laughs) So if you have an idea for how I can sign off my podcast, give me a signature sign off. Uh, send me a message on Instagram, send me a a tweet. Um, let me know what you think. Thanks.